ever wanted to grab your balls and run through a cloud of 200 FPS darts, cross a field to slam that ball into the goal? Well, if so, you're in luck, because we're going to talk all about Nerf Ball today. <laughs> I told you it was dumb. That's one of the intros of all time. <laughs> Nerf Ball! Nerf Ball! That could be the lead-in right there. Nerf ball. Nerf ball. Murf ball. Murf ball. I'm Fuck, a, we I, said his name. I, I we wa- said his name. I want to see Murph on the sidelines getting the crowd going at these Nerf ball games. <laughs> you know, that's actually, if did you see the secret last page of the rules doc? If, you, if your team goes through all their ammo, you summon Murph, and he murders the, everyone on the field. Page 10, right? Murfter. Yeah. So anyways, welcome to Detroit Dark Talk. We're very to- much so on task. 100%. Uh, I'm Alex. With me today are Tim hey. and Tom. Sorry. And if you couldn't tell from whatever intro we decided to go with, we're talking about Nerf Ball today, because that was recently announced. Nerf Ball! Nerf Ball! Ah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Before we get to Nerf Ball, though, let's uh, let's do a letter to the host because we haven't done one in a while. Um, let's see here. We have a good one. What is something that's really common, almost cliche in Nerf, but that you have never done? Oh, okay. I got this one. And Gargunkle posed this question uh, as he realized that he has never modded a Rapid Strike or a Raven. I've never done cocaine. <laughs> I've never played Nerf Ball. Like, not gonna lie. Uh, so when I when I did initially hear Nerf Ball, I thought it was gonna be dumb as shit. And then after reading the rules, it's like, wait, they're they're kind of cooking here. Yeah, there's definitely. We'll, we'll some... get into that. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, and yeah, no, I was just, I was, I'm excited to like. This is one of the first things Nerf has done that I've been excited about in, in a in a good while since the Rev Reaper. Oh, oh, you you might be right there. <laughs> Oh, so I was dog sitting for my parents this weekend, and I'm just like, I wonder if I left any blasters at at their house. Only thing I left was a Rev Reaper. Yeah. So if anything goes wrong, I'm strapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, cliche. What are what are some cliches in the hobby? I feel like because I've done a I've done a strife. Well, I feel like it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be cliche. Um, just something like intrinsic to the hobby, like. Something that people might assume you a normal nerfer would yeah, have done. Yeah, like something that like every nerfer's done. You know, like you know, mod, modest strife. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to think about because you're like I've I've done all of that. You helped me mod my first one. Yeah, I have never painted a blaster. Yeah, I guess that's true. You haven't, have you? Nope. Um, the closest I've come, I did paint the handle scales of a falcon fire. And then Adam finished his handle scale design before I ever took that blaster to an event. So I did paint a couple of parts, but they never saw use. So I don't know if I would have like ended up with paint all over my hands or not. I think of one still. Uh, I've got one. I have never used a strife in a game. Really? Like an actual Never strife. Have. You've used strifoids. I've used strifoids. Yeah, I wasn't going to go into the details of it. Makes it less cool, but yeah, no, I've uh, I've I've only ever owned one strife that I got used, 
and I'm pretty sure I gave that one away in a raffle without ever doing anything with it. Oh, no, I owned two because I bought one off a of buff and then also donated that to the raffle. Right. And that was the only one I've ever shot. And it was to test fire to make sure I wired it back up right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. Anti-strife. What do you got, Tom? Um, I'm still trying to think. Like genuinely, I can't like I can't think of something because you know, like I started in the hobby like towards the tail end of really like modding blasters. Um, I guess I've never I've also never modded a rapid strike. I've just never felt a need to. Um, I painted a blaster. I think I have a few in in this room. Well, if you come up with something better, we can always uh, come back and I can edit. I'm I'm stuck. What about gameplay? Oh yeah, there you go. Like something in HVZ that you haven't done or something like that. Um, you've never been an OZ. I I have never been an OZ. Is that that a good one? I'll count it. I don't know if I what my uh one experience counts as being. Eh, I don't think it counts as being an OZ. I was a zombie from the start of Mission One because I got tagged on the way to Mission One. Oh yeah, never fired a damn dart. Thanks. Um, have you ever hit someone with a sock bomb? Yes. Okay, because you don't use sock bombs very often. Uh, I I usually have them on me. There was one time during a Z13 at the Dark Club where I I did do Sock Ninja one round, and I was just rolling around on the ground, like grabbing <laughs> like grabbing at the socks and tossing them at people. <laughs> All right, well, shall we move on to Nerf Ball? Oh. Nerf Ball. Okay, so, I mean, they... They did break it down kind of nicely in field equipment and rules. Do we just want to have those be our talking points? Yeah, let, well, yeah. Mean, let's just kind of go well, through the rule book real quick. Yeah. And let's, well, let's do an overview because we'll probably have like that one listener who listens to us but isn't actually in the hobby who's like, what's Nerf Ball? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, do you want me to go over the format objective and the game flow? Do it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the the objective is, is of it it's going to be a 5v5 ideally like you can do it with less but you should have five people could do it with more going to be four quarters of 4 minutes each the objective of the game is to score the most cumulative points over the entirety of the game and there are two ways to acquire points you can either put the ball through the hoop which is worth 6 points or you can hit an abo- opposing team member with a nerf dart for 1 point so you can either do a squad wipe which is worth 5 points or if you uh, score a point through the hoop, it's six points. So for the game flow, ball starts in the center. Uh, do they actually show what kind of ball it is? I guess it's kind of like a dodgeball. It's got it's got like indentations all yeah. over it. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like it, it's big. That's like the size of a basketball. It, so it's a yeah. ring, it's a wrinkly ball. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the ball starts in the middle. The game begins, and the teams rush out of their respective respawn points. When a player is hit with a nerf dart. One point is given to the opposing team, and the hit player should raise their hand and return to their team's respawn. This player is now eligible to return to the game or be replaced on the field with a substitute, a following respawn protocol. Okay, so I guess you don't squad wipe. Interesting. So you, I guess hypothetically you can get more than six points in a round then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like the, uh, okay. the, uh, the exhibition game that they did, I think the final score was 56 to 55. Oh, wow. Okay. So you you would really need like a ref on the side to keep track of points even. Well, yeah. Keep so there's some technology involved or going to be involved. Okay. They did they didn't have it all at the uh exhibition game, but yeah. Okay. Keep, keep going. When a hit when hit with a nerf dart while holding the ball, the player is to place the ball on the ground 
if it, uh, where they were hit and follows the respawn protocol. There is no stoppage of play. Either team can now gain possession of the ball. The ball must be in motion every 25 seconds. A player must move or pass it. When a ball is scored through the opponent's hoop, the clock stops, the goal is confirmed, and the scoring team is awarded six points. The teams return to the respawn point, the ball is put in the center, and the game resumes. So I think that does it for the for the game flow. I do... Yeah, the next section talks about recommended field of play. It's got a, uh, the layout that they used at the exhibition. Um, Which the, the field size is massive. This is 155 by 85 feet. Like that, that is a big field. Yeah, and, and again, it, it talks about, later on it'll talk about like, you know, the amount of cover and, and things made. Oh yeah, field of play can be scaled depending on execution and environment. Um, but the one they um, show here uh, uses a bunch of bunker cover that is kind of in the shape of like a plane wing. And then they have some standing up long ways and then other ones are laid down sideways um, to create different um, like structures. Um, Which I'll give them this, like they, they do, they have some interesting field, some shapes on that field. Yeah. Well, they're all the same shape, just in two different orientations. Yeah. Um, so the barriers are definitely going to be sold separately along no, with the goal. No, 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 They're not oh. going to be sold. If, so where it says recommended field equipment, right underneath yeah. it, or so there's an asterisk next not to it. Not available for purchase. Yeah. Why would yeah. you recommend something no one can obtain? Well, and what's also interesting is, is so the article I read um, from a website called The Verge, uh, a representative specifically talks about everything you would need to play being available for purchase. Um, yeah. And then so maybe, maybe it's not available currently and there it might be yet. It, I've also heard some people talking about this potentially being like an experience, like you attend the event that they're putting on and then the That's rules funny. are provided. So you can like practice with your own stuff, but like the official things aren't going to be, you know, you can't get the official things, but I, I've, that's just kind of conjecture that I've heard people saying. Well, so. so they, so the, the representative that was talking to the verge did talk about that. So, um, Nerf ball will be at the Nerf action experiences, um, which there's currently three, one in Singapore, one in Brazil and one in the UK. Um, there are Nerf experience, Nerf action experiences, uh, uh, in the works in New Jersey and Tennessee. My sister's just moving out of Tennessee. Oh. Okay. Um, I, it still rubs me the wrong way because that goal is such proprietary shape. Like you, that's not just something you can't pick up just a Fisher price, little plastic basketball hoop and have that be enough. And yeah. So but I mean, I, I wish we could get like a height breakdown for these. Well, I mean, I want to know how tall that they're, is. they're about eight feet standing like so the black one that's that's on its end i guess you know where nerf balls on its side uh that's about eight feet okay because if you watch the gameplay video they have to reach up because they have four of the orange ones in the center and the nerf ball starts out on a like a post that is in the center of those four orange ones coming together in, in an x shape and like so it's it's like not as easy as just scoring a point you really gotta 
feel like you had to like make so a jump there. one of the things I saw the teams doing is they would reach up, grab the ball, and then throw it out into an open area on the field. They wouldn't keep possession of it. They'd throw it out almost like bait. Because it does have to stay. It does have to stay in motion. It, well, if you are in control of it, you have to stay in motion. But if it's on the field, it's it's free ball. Anybody can go pick it up. But they were throw like they were grabbing it from the center and then throwing it into a uh, non defensible position to draw people out to be picked off. Interesting. I only Interesting. saw that once or twice near the beginning of the game, um, mm-hmm. but it is something I saw them do. So the old competitive format, the the tried and true is Ion Rush and then it's Foam Pro Tour derivatives and stuff. How do you guys feel like this compares play style to Ion Rush? I think there are some clear um, tactics and uh, ideas taken from Ion Rush. You know, it like... It feels like Ion Rush at home. Well, it's, it's like... It's like Ion Rush with unlimited lives and and um, the unlimited lives is what's throwing me. Like, if, if that's the case, why go for the ball? Because the ball gets you six points. But if you just make sure that they just keep getting wiped, you can you get more points. But remember, you can't actually wipe them, right? I know, but if you just if you make sure that they don't score, yeah, you totally could play like a defensive game, but. I also see that like while that field is long, if you get close enough, you could theoretically sink that ball with a good throw. So, right. Yeah. In the second quarter of the exhibition game, um, the, what was it? Team. uh, What was the blue team? The blue team. Well, no, they were um, (laughs) team. Oh God. What were their names? Anyways, um, the, the blue team captain, uh, who is uh, Donald Driver, NFL, uh, sinks a shot from half court. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So it's doable. Yeah. So I still feel like you, if you apply enough pressure, you can just forego using, like, trying to score points whatsoever. You mean I mean, score goals. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could. I guess that's, like, that's the, the strategy. Do you do that while risking? Because, you know, like, you can... It, you're not, you know, it's not a one-way street. Like they can also be eliminating you point for point. Yeah, we both. I'm too good for that. <laughs> it's, Better than that. So it's it's Iron Rush Quidditch. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah, that's when they first announced it. And I was looking at that is kind of how I viewed it too. Yeah, like there's it's got a time stoppage instead of a point stoppage, which is kind of pretty novel for for Nerf competitive, like. I feel like most nerf competitive game types have always been um, life-based or point-based or a combination of those instead of just we play for X amount of time and compare scores at the end. Um, so that's kind of a cool you know, direction to take it. Yeah, the, and the ball, having the ball there like definitely um, provides some... I'm trying to think... like. I had this thought when I was watching it earlier. I'm trying to remember how I articulated it. I don't remember. Did I lose you guys? No, we're here no, waiting no, on we're you. Here. All right. We're waiting on you to talk, right. sir. So <laughs> here, here's something interesting. Did you guys catch that if a team calls a timeout, they get control of the ball? 
No, you have to have control of the ball to call timeout. Uh, Interesting. I don't. Let me find it. Timeouts. Uh, One per half for 30 seconds. Team must have possession of ball. Teams reset at respawn and team that called the timeout starts with the ball. So you have to have possession of the ball to call timeout. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like you can't call timeout when the other team's pushing and about to score. Well, yeah, (laughs) and that's... That's what I was thinking. Like, I missed the that you must have possession of the ball. I was like, right. well, I mean, you know, they could be making a push for a goal and you just call timeout. And not only does it stop their momentum, but then you get possession of the ball, too. I was like, eh, <laughs> but I mean, I guess no, if both teams get to do that. Yeah. Okay. Now, so here's I, I've there's two things I have questions about. And one of them is about timeouts. So that's actually a good point. Um, it says the team that called the timeout starts with the ball and teams reset at respawn. So if the ball is in a really like bad position and like out in the open, right? Um, you could theoretically with your team run in, have someone grab the ball and like call time as soon as they grab it. And then you take it back to your start zone, basically your respawn zone. And then you can move the ball kind of at your own pace then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I within twenty five so seconds. Well, yeah. So there's like, so there's some strategy there, I guess. the The big question I had though that I didn't see mentioned is there's lots of references in the rules doc to respawn protocol, like it's in brackets and stuff. And in no point did I see anywhere where it said how you actually respawn beyond go to the respawn zone and you're eligible. So this is something that I I noted in my observations. The players, yeah, I haven't watched the video. The players <laughs> at the exhibition actually had RFID bracelets, and the respawn podium flashed when they respawned. Uh, okay. Not, so, I mean, is it in, was it instant respawn? Like you go up and you scan your bracelet in? Correct. It's not like three fifteen okay. where you had to wait. You could either respawn back in, or once you were out of play, one of your other players could go in. Now gotcha. that interesting that will probably be more of a interesting tactic once there are different pro level blasters that they're putting out everybody in the exhibition used strife x yeah yeah um and this is something that's different from ion rush so you get 60 darts per player total of 240 darts per game but there is mm-hmm. no sharing of darts between players and it is 60 darts Oh, it's 60 darts per quarter, so you do get a refill, but you don't get to, like, you know, have somebody using a Springer only take 30, and somebody using full auto gets that extra 30 for a total of 90, which you can do right. with Ion Rush. Well, they they limit you to yeah. Personally, I, I do kind of like that. Yeah. I, I appreciate the strategy of being able to um, move your ammo quantities around based on the blaster people are using. I think so, both. I think they're pros and cons yeah. to both. Personally, I just think it kind of helps with gameplay a little more. Yeah, I, I like, I think both have very good points to them, like you said. Yeah. Um, this one, this just seems more simple, like simplistic, which is good. Like, you don't have to worry about that. It's easier to police stuff. Um, you know, like, if you're using a 20-round mag, you have three mags loaded, and that's it per quarter. Um, and there's no weird questions about, well, did you have too many darts? Did you, you know, it's 
it, it seems like it's eliminating a lot of potential headaches that could come up. Yeah, so I, that's not a bad thing. I think they went with the 60 because their magazine holds 15. So that's four mags. And I think there you it, go. it specifically I mean, mentions absolutely. that breakdown in the rules doc. Well, like 60 is a good number because, but yeah, it's 15 dart mags for theirs. Talons are 15. But if you put an extender on a talon, it's 20. Like the 15 and 20 are the, I would say the two most common numbers that people load their mags to. And 60 is divisible by both. Yeah. So it works nicely. That's fair. It does kind of make the mythic drum sit in a weird spot, though. <laughs> or mythic drum. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about pretty much all the gameplay. So I want to talk about a little bit the um, what they didn't have for the exhibition game yet. And that is that Nerf Ball will have tag sensors. Uh, they are working with... Who's that company? Um, Exo Nano, who created this technology to measure football helmet impacts. Um, but apparently the technology is sophisticated enough that it can tell the difference between, um, you know, somebody bumping into you and a dart impact. So the uniforms will be lined with this impact sensing foam to determine uh, if a player has been tagged. Uh, it says that... Okay. that's, that's- pretty sick like i'll give them that is that like reasonable no that's unobtainable for like 99 percent of people well um, think about this that is though. so cool hold back on a back up a minute uh orange mod works was working with tag uh tag technology um at one point i think i think the cyber tech line was going to have it now it was but uh they were CRD doing they were doing it through rfid darts whereas what this exo nano company it's all going to be through the impact sensing foam any um dart should um register as a hit and according to this it lights the suit up red um to let you know that you're tagged out um so it's it's super cool technology but i'm just kind of wondering about this from a accessibility point of view and not not just financially because that's a whole other well, thing and they do like hasbro did say we're not sure sure what the final consumer product might look like uh because yeah. of uh the price point we're still finalizing what it'll look like at home well um, so like but be beyond the price point humans come in all shapes and sizes yeah and from all the images i've seen the clothing that they are showing off, which I'm assuming is like the, the current incarnation is very form fitting. Well, and like they specifically address that the, the, uh, uh, PR person, uh, at the end of this article says, um, we originally wrote how it was weird that Nerf didn't show off the hit detection suits in action. Hasbro has now confirmed that's because they weren't actually worn during the exhibition game. Uh, the jerseys do not include the smartphone pads, um, spokesperson Jennifer Cruz. We regret suggesting it might have been otherwise. Um, yeah. So, and like I, I think so. In the rules doc, there's a picture of a girl holding a Strifex in the ball, um, wearing a blue jersey that's got hexagon pads like over the major part of the chest. But, yeah. But then later on. There's that guy standing. on the player equipment where he's got the like almost, you know, Under Armour Long John looking 
uniform that has the different padded segments. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that's more what it's going to end up looking like. Yeah. And so like, like it just becomes like a question of like, you know, stand me and Tom next to each other. Like we have very different hit boxes. <laughs> Let's just put it that <laughs> right. way. Well, and, you and know, so like, does the Jersey have a bigger target if it's a bigger size? And if so, is it more expensive? But like, there's lots of questions about that. Right. Well, and like if the girl on the cover, you know, clearly there's padding on the chest and there's padding on the hips and the knees. But if you yeah. catch her in the wrist or the thigh, does that tag count? Does it only right. count How as does, a tag? If it sets off the alarm. Yeah. Like, right. yeah, that that's I'm, I'm, I'm always hesitant about that. And there's a part of me that while it's cool technology, I don't like it because, and this is going to be like such a, just like stay off my lawn kids thing. But like Nerf's kind of always been an honor system hobby and it's kind of nice that it's an honor system hobby and that we can enforce that pretty well because like when you play in an honor system and you're not inclined to cheat, you do take your hits. Everyone seems happier. Yeah. And when you're, when you're in a competitive thing where you could, you know, where it's not based on an honor system, I feel like people are almost more inclined to cheat the rules in a way. Like I think about back to my paintball days and like the people who would wipe the hits away, you know, if the ref wasn't looking Yep. like it's that kind of mentality difference. And I feel like nerf, it's not absent in our hobby, God forbid, but like it's not as prevalent when you have a good culture and the people you play with. Um, as I feel like some of the other hobbies are, uh, and I don't, I don't know if doing hit detections the right direction overall, I mean, in that mindset, I, I think there's a lot of stumbling blocks in a lot of other areas too, that probably are going to limit this. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's cool technology. Well, and, and so here is the interesting thing about the technology that this article from the Verge, and I'm not familiar with this website, the Verge, but clearly whoever wrote this article is in tune with the hobby. It's probably the same guy. The, he, the Verge has had one guy do several articles on Nerf, and he is a hobby member, and he's uh, he's Sean very fair. Hollister? Good. I, I don't know the name, but probably. Senior editor, founding member of The Verge, who covers gadgets, games, and toys. Yeah. It could so, be. Um, so what he poses, let me, let me get back to that segment, is um, there is no FPS cap listed in the rules. You know, the exhibition, mac, ma, exhibition match exclusively used the Nerf Pro Strife X at 150 FPS, um, but he talks about how he's excited to see how game dynamics would change with some of the accurate long range or ridiculous rate of fire blasters that the nerf community has developed as it could make uh, different players into different threats on the field. Uh, And then he goes on to say that Kleinman, who was the spokesperson from Hasbro he was talking with would not promise that Hasbro would refrain from using the hit technology to exclude blasters and or darts that aren't nerf branded um he mm-hmm. went through like a whole bunch of different questions he says i gave him layup after layup question in hopes of heading off any drm dart fears but he simply would not rule it out at and at, finally at the end the guy goes all you need to tell me is that nerf is will not intentionally make its vests not work with the competition and his 
reply was, we will intentionally make it work with our entire ecosystem, and we will (laughs) recommend that everyone uses Nerf Blasters with their Nerf vests. So that's a response. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be. I think that's Nerf being smart enough not to promise that like a worker dart will trigger it. But well, I think that's yeah. going to come more down to like the jewels on impact. Yeah, and and, and he specifically meant yeah. goes on to mention he figures it would be very tough for a vest to differentiate between a one gram nerf dart shot from a nerf blaster and a one gram worker dart shot out of a dart zone blaster at the same velocity. Uh, but based on what he has seen on Exo Nano's YouTube page, Hasbro could easily set its gear to not accept hits from stronger blasters. Yeah. So, and I, I would totally see Nerf making this sport package only like officially only uses Nerf blasters. Yeah, because like, they, oh, you're free to use anything you want, but if you're really truly playing Nerf ball, you're only using this line of blasters with our darts. Right. Like, yeah. it's going to be that where they, it technically works, but and, they they won't guarantee it works. Type yeah. Of thing. And if they wanted to get really smug about it, you know, Dart Zone has you know drawn the line at 150. If they draw the line at 140 and then set the vest up to not take anything over 145, they're now thumbing their nose at Dart Zone. Yeah, but I think the Strife X hits over that. Uh, it's 150. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, but so, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I fully expect this to be a nerf ecosystem thing where you're not officially playing it unless you're using their ecosystem, but... What you know, and, I do like is that they released the rules doc. Yeah, and I mean, if so, you look, if you look at the rules doc and and you look at how the game actually plays, yeah, I probably would want an actual Nerf ball brand ball because of the way it's designed to be able to be grabbed and thrown with one yes. hand. But other than that, you can half-ass everything else. You <laughs> yeah, you could do everything else that they did in that game with a home fabricated goal. And, you know, your Ion Rush cover or, you know, bunker brand bunkers or IBC totes and 50 gallon drones mm-hmm. and everything and else about real, this could be done on the fly. Oh, yeah. And I mean, to be real, you can still play the game type with a uh, volleyball, you know, or whatever ball you yeah, bring to the absolutely. field. Like it's I like that it is an accessible game. For like we could our at our park wars we could go to our normal play area with all the trees, stick the ball in the middle, stick two cardboard boxes on each end, and play Nerf ball. Yeah, like that's it's a doable thing. Um, and so I I like that they made a game that the base game is acceptable or not acceptable accessible. Sorry, I'm most of the way through a final absolution. <laughs> uh, but even though like the official game, I have a feeling is going to be expensive and nerf ecosystem only but like you can still play it on your own yeah like your version of it which is cool yeah so i wanted to back up so i mentioned that one of the teams was like uh, captained by donald driver from the nfl um the captain of the other team was luke from out of darts mm-hmm. so they had 12 all-star college student athletes from around the country six on each team Donald Driver coached and and was the captain for the blue team. Um, I think it was Instinct. Impact. Blue team was Impact. And then Luke was the captain of Orange team, which was Velocity. That's what it was. 
impact and velocity. Aren't um, those just Eli Wu blasters? <laughs> <laughs> momentum. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be the green team momentum. So, um, clearly they have been looking to the hobby, uh, especially if you know they've officially brought Luke from out of darts in. Well, Luke has been involved secretly in this for a while. Apparently, he's been under an NDA. It was him and Perry, who's the like their social media guy. Yeah, um, were involved in the making of this and the Strife X design. So, um, I know well, I mean, early on, I know that early on there were other entities in the hobby that were approached yes. and somewhat involved. Um, one of those is no longer around or involved. I won't go any further than that, but you can probably infer who I'm talking about. Um, so it is, it was, I did entirely forget about that. Yeah. It, uh, it wasn't just Luke from out of darts, although yeah, it was just surprising. It was, ah, <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, I mean, they, they clearly have been looking like, you know, the darts are cross compatible. The magazine is Talon uh, form factor. So it'll be yeah, interesting. Think... It'll be interesting to see what else comes out of this. Um, but I mean, it's definitely a format that can be played with, you know, clubs in a park. I, I think we should, we as a club and our local club should play it next season. Like absolutely. And once after, after the deep dark of winter, um, I think that would be a fun change up to the game type. And like, to be real, like I said, we can play it in the park, two boxes and a volleyball. We don't need fancy stuff. Like you can still play the game. And I like that. I really like that aspect. Um, it kind of seems to me a little, I won't say more competitive, um, a little more like balanced than ion rush because ion rush can just end so quickly. You know, especially if you're not, if you just got like, you just yeah. counted off your teams. Like, I feel like this one will be a little more fun because it's, the, again, the time limit thing and uh, there's multiple ways to score points and the round doesn't just end if the fastest person on the field, like, hauls ass. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, yes, with Ion Rush, there is the flag that you're trying to get into the other team's goal and that ends the round. Um, but the dynamic that the, nerf ball adds to gameplay is is very interesting because you know they talked at one point about how they looked at a bunch of different you know play styles and they were thinking about capture the flag at one point um and they ended up going with the ball so that there was always a um focal point for the you know to follow the action of the game you know because with ion rush capture the flag for flag push like yeah, the objective is to get that flag into the other team's starting area, but a lot of the action happens with that flag not moving. You know, taking the steps like the you can't be sitting with a, the nerf ball for more than 25 seconds or the fact that, you know, it isn't, uh, you know, a game-ending consequence if you get tagged while trying to make a shot. Um, those are interesting choices to encourage uh, people to actually go for the shots and stuff. Yeah. The one, the one thing I will say that kind of runs counter to what I said before about it being accessible is you are going to have to have at least one game referee. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like, if you're just kind of like casually playing, um, 
Ion Rush, you don't really need a game referee. But even for, even if you're casually playing Nerf Ball, you're going to need a referee because you have to be keeping track of how long someone has possession without moving, um, penalties, you know, all that, that type of stuff. Um, if you're going to play it with the full rule set, so you you do need someone who is well versed in the rules to moderate it. So that is, I guess, technically a barrier to entry, but. I think any established club would probably have at least a few members who would be willing to, you know, like learn the rules to be able to moderate that game type. Yeah. And they really aren't that difficult that you can't just look through the rules and, and pick up the basics. So Uh, Tom, what do you, what are you most excited for with, with Nerf ball? Like what, what piqued your interest the most? So would you say, um, like, you know, we talked about the similarities to ion rush and like, if they've got people over in the hobby, so I think saying that Ion Rush didn't influence it in some capacity would be a goddamn lie. Um, yeah. It definitely was influenced by Ion Rush, and I think that that is really great. And you know, like that the hobby like has this kind of representation. Yeah, I would I would say that's a good point. This is really Nerf's first. This and the Stripex are Nerf's first. Like letting the hobby side feel like it's getting some acknowledgement. Yeah, would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm ex- interested to see where the tech goes. Like, I'm interested to see what else they do with blasters, but I, I'm also really interested in what may come out of this, um, hit detection technology. Um, and if it is, uh, you know, actually priced at a point where it might be easily accessible to the masses. Um, what does concern me if this does take off? is it is specifically stated in the uh, rules, uh, rule book that iPro is required. So if there is now a, an organized sport with blasters hitting 150 FPS that states that iPro is required, that could have ramifications for Park Wars um, and possibly even HVZ, although it would be easier to argue that HVZ is safer since we usually see the FPS at 100, 120, 130. But, I mean, Park Wars commonly have FPS way higher than 150. And if Nerf Ball is stating that Nerf that iPro is required, that could create some issues for clubs. That's fair. Yeah. And to be clear, I am a huge proponent of everybody wearing iPro while we don't make it mandatory, we will chastise you mercilessly if you do not wear iPro. Um, <laughs> um, but part of the reason that most people do not require it is that if it's required, then it's not safe to play in public for you know non-players to be um, even remotely in the area. Yeah, I'd say for me, um, I'm cautiously hopeful about the potential for more spread of organized play leagues like we had i guess we still technically have blaster tag association but we had atomic dart league which i i guess that's technically still around too um it just had a hiatus but well it's not atomic anymore it's uh they renamed it yeah okay but yeah so that we we kind of had back pre-pandemic there was like a this semblance of a growing league to play in and then that kind of went away and then like there's just a few pop-up tour tournaments like the dart zone pro tour and then the foam pro tour 
um, and stuff like that. And you mean the individual Pro events? Tour? Yeah, but like individual events holding their own thing. We using like a common rule set, you know. Um, but there's not really any sort of actual organized play anymore. Like you can't hold events in your regions and keep track like you kind of used to, and then go to the big tournaments and like, there's no way to do that. And so it looks like to me, that's the way nerf is kind of angling. Um, and that would be cool. But I, I threw the word cautiously in there because I'm pretty convinced this is going to be a nerf ecosystem type of thing where if you want to be official, you got to use their stuff. And, you know, I have a feeling some of the more expensive stuff would probably be provided at these theoretical events or the play but um, it yeah. kind of is one of those things where it's like, oh, and Dart Zone did the Dart Zone Pro Tour, where, oh, you can use your own blasters for everything up till the actual tournament. And then in the actual tournament, you have to use our stuff. And some teams didn't like that, and it kind of threw off their gameplay because all of a sudden I'm not using what I'm used to using. So, and I mean, Hasbro is a company trying to make money, so they're probably trying to get people to buy strife X's and whatever comes after it. So I get that, but I, I'm curious to see how that organized play develops, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, even though I'm, I've got a lot of red flags already in my head about it not being a, a good thing, but Hey, maybe something good will come out of it. Yeah. Um, they do. It does seem like it could pretty easily turn from nerf trying to do something nice to being just like, Oh, these idiots will give us money for this. Let's yeah. bastardize it. Well, that's, that's the thing too like i i like when companies are here to push push things out that like we might not have as hobbyists might not have the resources to do but then you see something this is kind of relevant because it's competitive play that uh dart zone pretty recently trademarked the term blaster tag and yeah and then there's like literally a blaster tag association which has been around for a while and uh they were like, uh, no, you, you, what, why? No, 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 you can't do that. That's us. And it, I, I get a little worried that while Nerf's acknowledging the hobby, they might be trying to, I guess, control an aspect of the hobby. Like, like re- put their, put, cast their net out and catch that and say, if you want to do this, you do it our way. Uh, if you want to use these terms legally, you have to, you have to play in our style like Darzone might theoretically could do um so i don't know i'm i'm the liberal in me is is very wary of the corporation let's just put it that way <laughs> the liberal media uh, but overall i think it's going to be a good thing so yeah i'm i'm willing to give nerf the benefit of the doubt just because like if it does go well it's going to go really well yeah like the worst case this goes most like realistically in my mind is we get a cool game type that we hadn't really thought of before and then we just get to ignore the corporate overlords when they try to assert dominance. And we're like, no, we'll go play in our park. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. just kind of do the same thing that we did with Dart Zone and just say, hey, uh, no. Yeah. Yep. So, screw corporations. Yay, Nerf. What? I don't know. <laughs> Yay, Dartsoft. Soft. <laughs> Happy to fill you in, in or out of the beaver. We need to take Tim's capabilities away. Well, server mute his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got shout outs? We have shout outs. I'll shout out Adam. Adam's been doing some cool stuff lately. Like having, well, not having babies, but 
being a <laughs> raisin babies, raisin babies. There you go. Um, I'm going to shout out Dan uh, because this is the probably the last episode we will record where he will be a single man. Uh, Dan, he's not single though. He's dying. <laughs> an unmarried, an unwed man. Fair. Uh, <laughs> we are uh, going to wish him uh, a fond bachelorism on uh, next Friday, and then uh, the following botulism. Botulism? What? Please no, please no botulism at the bachelor party. <laughs> and then uh, the following day, uh, Dan is going to be married. Get married. Yeah, darts will fly. Wait, we're not supposed to say that. Um, don't listen. Don't listen. Might not to be Dan. out in time. We're, we might still be fine. Oh, that's that's true. Dan, we're going to have. I'm wearing to his wedding. I I think we should all bring like jolt size single shots. Oh, yeah. And have like have like it has to be done like the uh, like the old assassin game where like you, you can't be seen shooting the people and we try to eliminate like everyone playing the game at the wedding. I don't think I'm getting my holster from brain by the wedding at this point. <laughs> so I, I think mean, if that... it's done, I'll see brain this weekend. Brain, I who think is that if currently... he gets shot, he has to take a shot. Shot for a shot. Oh God, taking a shot gets you another life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's oh, the respawn man. point. There, there will, um, <laughs> there will be some sort my of shout out in my suit, <laughs> which I, funnily enough, got the notification while we were recording that it was ready to pick up. Um, who gets my shout out? My shout out, because it's relevant to me right now, is going to go to uh, one of our Patreons, uh, Alan, Derek Silver, um, for all of his work with designing parts for those Amazon launchers, like the, the shell fed shoot multiple ammo types. Um, Cause I'm considering running one this weekend. So I've been printing off the shells, but then I also printed a, um, or I'm about to print a new foregrip for one, the one I have that he designed um, to like make it a little more streamlined. Um, so just, yeah, he's been working hard on all that type of stuff and it's really cool. Uh, to see that. So shout out to him. Free stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that'll <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just no send off. Just end it there. Literally just end it right there. Yeah, I can do that, but we will, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining in. Okay, bye. Bye. Mom is so fat when she plays Nerf ball, she plays offense and defense. <laughs> We're losing listeners. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>